0: I came up with this or recognized this when, way back many a moon ago, when I was on the Oprah show, and Oprah came backstage afterwards with her two producers, and they were like, "We're having you on again." And anybody who's anybody knows what that could mean to your career, right? And for two years, they tortured me. Like for two years, they'd call and be like, "Okay, we have a segment. We think we want you to do." Oh, never mind, that's not going to work out. Oh, okay, let's design something, and and, okay, and it never worked out. Oh my gosh. And my life became about like, am I going to be on Oprah and be a millionaire already? Come on. And I totally lost sight of my purpose. And I started to suffer because everything was contingent on this goal. And I realized, wait a minute, you know, what is my purpose? And I identify my purpose as like, just because I am, I am energy that causes change. Like you will not get in a room with me and not change something in your life, even if it's just your haircut. And that's just an annoying trait about me, but it's always been there. (laughs) People change things when they're around me. And I recognized that I was off purpose. Like just pursuing the goal made me lose so many days where I wasn't helping somebody change something. I wasn't energy that was causing change. So I had to get back to that and just say, forget the rest of it. And if it was meant to be, it would be. And it wasn't meant to be, obviously. But that's how we get back on track with our lives. Sometimes we not getting our goal takes you completely off track from
1: living your purpose. Hey there, it's Michelle Lemereau, and welcome back to the Good Life Coach Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about career transitions. If you've pulled yourself out of the world of work or have been thinking about reengaging, or are self-employed or work for a company but are feeling called to move in a different direction, then today's show is for you. Joining us is Laura Berman-Fortgang, who is an OG in the personal coaching field. She's also the best-selling author of five books, a sought-after speaker, TV personalities, and on Oprah and all the national morning shows, she's an interfaith minister and performer, and her TEDx talk has nearly two million views. She's addressed audiences around the world on topics such as reinvention, career satisfaction, and sm- and small businesses. She's known for her unique career clarity now what methodology and her A list coach business mentoring program. And I'm so happy because she's been the guest on the show and was so fabulous that she is back. Welcome, Laura. <laughs> yeah, get round two. I'm so <laughs> round honored. Round <laughs> two. I actually replayed your first interview a couple times, like around like the new year when I feel like people need to be doing some deep thinking. I'm like, I'm just gonna rerun Laura's interview because we did talk about your book, Now What? And transitions and listening to your intuition and I'll link it in the show notes because it was really such a deep and good Conversation. I know people loved it. Thank you. Yeah. But a theme that keeps coming up is this idea of like, I, I like my life, but I'm kind of taking a look at it. And I keep, you know, we talk a lot about those inner whispers, you know, intuition, those voices calling to you. And, you know, some people just want to get reengaged in the world of work and others really want to shake things up. So let's, let's begin with, um, women who've been out of the work world for a while, you know, then they could have been the lawyers, whatever, the, the teachers, whatever they were doing, and then just pulled themselves out completely. And now they want to re-engage. Where do, where do they even begin? Well, most of them
0: worry about, you know, oh, my resume is so out of date. You know, people are going to ask me about the gap in my resume. What am I going to do? And before we even address that, like the truth is, in my observation, in my experience, most people don't want to go back to the thing they did before. So why are you so worried about the resume? Because, you know, most people don't necessarily want to go back to the same thing. Then the challenge becomes, all right, so I need to say what this gap was about. You're always honest. It's okay. Everybody does it. You know, it's not as big of a deal as it was, I don't know, 15 years ago. This is not a big deal. Everybody look at the pandemic caused so many people to, take a break or whatever. It just It's become part of the, the routine. So don't worry about the gap. But the thing is like, all right, so I was a lawyer, but I don't want to be a lawyer. So how am I going to get into that new thing? And that becomes, you know, the tougher challenge of how do I transition to something new? And there are lots of ways. You know, I just work with somebody on their resume and it's like, okay, what did you do as a lawyer per se? that can now be parlayed into something else, right? So the writing skills, or maybe you were a partner and you were into marketing the firm. So you have marketing experience. So it's looking at whatever that thing might be next and looking for everything that you did in the past that might have an aspect of that. And you change your messaging, so to speak, to put people's attention on how, even though you didn't do the exact job, you've done the pieces of the job. And those that may have nothing to point to, then we want to look at your volunteer opportunities. You know, when I was band president, I switched them <laughs> in, you know, the band booster mom president, right? I was I had my business, but if I didn't have my business and I had to make a case for why I'm employable, you know, I took um, a band that had 25 fundraisers and a pack of papers, 15 inches thick for the parents brought it down to four events that made us more money than 25 little fundraisers, turned us into a 5013C, a non-for-profit, and we were profitable. We had less events to do. We had less mess to contend with, right? So how do I break that down into a bunch of skills that can be used in any job? So don't um, dismiss anything that you've done. It's about your messaging and how you Show people that you've done the pieces of the job, even though you haven't done the job.
1: Love does that it. make sense? Yes, it totally does. I'd love to deep dive into the messaging a bit, but let's just take a step back. Let's say it's somebody, okay, so they know what they did. You're right. They don't want to do what they used to do or whatever. Most They're people just, don't. Most people don't. Yeah. That. Well, that's probably why they... <laughs> they didn't didn't stick with it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That's why they left in the first place. They're like, oh, it's easy (laughs) to leave because I don't really want to do this anymore anyway. Or that's not going to be the case in every situation. They may have actually enjoyed it and some may may be able to go back, which we can help them figure out the gap. But what if they're just feeling like, I have no clue. Like, I know I want to have something of my own, but I really don't know what that is. Right. How do they navigate?
0: Well, that's looking
1: at, you know, what did you, what
0: was it about the things that you've done before that you do like? And one of my mottos is that it's not what you do that's going to make you happy, it's who your job allows you to be. So look at it less about what do I want to do and look at it more like who do I want to be? How do I want to be spending my time? What's the interaction I want with other people? And from there, your choices are different. Then okay. if you just started looking for, you know, what am I going to do? Am I going to be an executive assistant? And am I going to be a marketer? And am I going to be a writer? You know, the I call those the packages. You want to look inside that package, right? A writer uses their creativity. A writer has something different to do every day. All right. So you may not qualify to work for the New York Times, but you could find something that allows you to be creative every day and to do have variety every day. You see what I'm saying? So we're taking it off of those resume titles and putting it more into, well, how do you want to spend your time? How do you want to use your precious energy? How do you want to impact people? How do you want to collaborate? And from there, we put the packages around it, right? Then we start naming, well, what could I do where I could be more creative? What could I do? You know, I have somebody who's, uh, was a pharma executive who's now thinking about all the different ways they could be more creative. They've thought of having their own marketing firm. They've had a thought of having their own research firm that does, you know, polls and whatever, Um, doing real estate house flipping because they've done that one successfully. Right. So looking at all the ways that you can spend your time doing the things that you are lit up by And maybe it doesn't have a job description that you're going to find on LinkedIn and a job. And you make up your own. You make up your own. You know, everybody's working for themselves these days. It's never been more popular. That's true. And, you know, think like, what can I charge a hundred dollars an hour for and get on it?
1: Yeah. Get on it. Okay. But I think so confidence becomes a, a huge hit that women take. It's just this like, and the imposter syndrome and the, impo- so a combination. So let's tackle that. Cause that that's big. Yeah. If you've done it
0: once, you've done it a hundred times. And that, that takes you convincing yourself that that is possible. And that is true. And, you know, think back to your former work or, you know, if you didn't work ever think back of yourself as a student or yourself as a leader in some kind of organization or you as a church member, how do you contribute? And if you've done it once, you've done it a hundred times. So you build off of that. And it, and important too is to have models, meaning not fashion models or swimsuit models, but you know
1: <laughs> that's not going to help the confidence at all. No, Laura. <laughs> exactly. People that you can
0: emulate. Yeah. And and have those informational interviews. You know, you, there's someone on your block who has their own business, and you wonder how do they do it? I never even see them outside. You know. So ask them to coffee or ask them if they'll give you 15 minutes on the phone and say, you know, how how do you fill your days? What does that look like? How do you find clients? Join a local networking group and get an idea of how people are doing it. Um, Because knowledge is power. Once you see that someone else can do it, you get more
1: ideas on how you can do it. Absolutely. It's interesting. A woman reached out that I knew uh, just from the, the neighborhood and she asked to meet for coffee, which I happily did. Um, and she's, she was like doing the 50 coffee date kind of idea where she, she has a sense of where she's going, but was kind of trying to fine tune, like, do I need the certification in health coaching or can I just do it based on this experience? And, and some of that, I think, so let's talk about this piece because I think a lot of it's an inside job and sometimes knowledge is power and too many opinions can be too much. Yes, yeah. Yeah, can stop you, like confuse right. sometimes you.
0: Sometimes too many opinions, especially if they conflict, make you question yourself. Correct. But, you know, and, and I, you brought up a great example though, like, you know, do I need a certification or do I have enough experience doing what I do? And that it really comes down to, you know, your confidence. But at the same time, if you're going for a certification in something, you don't have to wait until that two-year program is over to get started with what you're doing. You know, every, even, you know, physical therapy colleges or everything has internships. So consider your own business. Like you hired yourself in your own internship while you're studying and you're honest with people, you know, you're going to be one of my first clients. So I'm giving you a discount and, you know, you're going to help, you're going to help me learn and people are willing to do that, right? People go and get their hair done by the apprentices for free to try out hair color and you're taking a chance with your life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny.
0: <laughs> but you know, it's look, i I went into coaching with like, you know, all in, both feet in. Had I ever coached anybody? No. Had I never been like a mentor or a business advisor, anybody? No, but what I did notice was everybody asked me how I did X, Y, or Z, right? I used to work at a restaurant as a waitress because I was an actress and the ESS things go together, right? Actress, waitress. And somehow everyone asked me, like, how do I get my ties into Barney's New York? How do I get my music in the hands of a producer? How do I get my restaurant off the ground? And, um, you know, I was like, why me? But somehow... (laughs) People saw that I could see the forest through the trees for my own goals. Yeah, I helped them see the forest through the trees on their goals. And lo and behold, it became part of my career, you know, but that's just following what's in front of you sometimes. And that's where you gain the
1: confidence is by doing. I think you just highlighted an important. Point, which is pay attention to what people come back to you for. What are they asking you about? What do they admire that you're able to do? Is that something you enjoy and lights you up, or you only like doing it for yourself, right? There's all these clues that can help direct the path.
0: Yes. Sounds like you read Now What. That's one of the things I say in Now What is like, what do other people say about you? Not that you're going to run and do it, but it is a reflection of how you impact people. You know, if they go, you should be a teacher, you know, you may not want to be a teacher in a classroom with high school kids. But what they're saying is you dispel information, you bring it down to a a basic level where I can understand it, you explain it to me well, that can be put into many different things. Absolutely. You listen to those clues as to what people say about you or what they seek you out for. They are valuable.
1: Absolutely. Okay, I love that. Now I'm going to transition. So, So for women who are at home, start thinking about what Laura just talked about, you know, and how to build that confidence and just start just start. I always feel like just start. You'll get information as you're on the path, but if you're just sitting in the room, just thinking about stuff, then you're just spinning in circles and you're not going to get any traction. Um, You had written something on LinkedIn in a newsletter that I loved, and this is actually what prompted me to reach out to you. So I'm just going to read this. The heading of the newsletter was either or thinking, keeping you stuck, question mark. When people come to me because they want to make a change in their career or business, among their top stumbling blocks in their path is indecision. They know they want to do something different, but they can't seem to decide what that different thing will be. Here's how this might go. Maybe you can relate. You write them. I don't want to be an accountant anymore. I think I'd like to be a writer, but I'm also considering starting a floral design business. I just can't decide. You say, why not start a floral design business and use your writing skills to tell your story and market your business or become a writer and do beautiful floral designs for your retreats and book signings. So take us into this because this something prompted you to write this particular newsletter.
0: Yeah, I mean, I run into so many people who shop it down into either or decisions yeah and they're not an either or it's not black or white there can be room for all of it you know you could be the cpa who sends floral arrangements with your taxes you will never be forgotten <laughs> 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 you know here's your tax return and some flowers to make you
1: feel better about how much you owe <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> and I included the cost for those flowers in your bill. No, I'm kidding. It's hidden in your bill. Yeah, you, don't you don't know, know that. That's right. You don't right. know it, but the cost of the flowers have been built into this, this yeah, exactly. this year's tax returns. Yeah. So
0: it's, it's, it's rarely an either or decision. And it came from a client once who said to me, I don't know if I want to be a writer or have my own business. And I said, wait a minute, if you're a writer, you are in your own business. Your writing is your product. You're selling it. You're, trying to have a contract uh given to you for it you're going to have to market it you're going to have to be out in the world with it that is your own business so we sometimes like we conflate them like we collapse it into each other and think that they are um or it's the other way around we separate them and think it's an either or when they really can be co-joined and go together in some way yeah. So c- catch yourself, and you're if you're in a big either or or chopping things up into little pieces. See where the connections are, and can they be mixed together, or do they all point to creativity in some way? And as long as that's included, you're going to feel like your life juice is the faucet is on to your life juice.
1: Okay, and this is kind of what you were saying initially, which is it's not the role so much as what the aspects of what it needs to be like. So like you said, going in deeper. So h- how do we, how do we kind of pare that down more? Cause not everyone has your ability to see that so clearly, like you said, that's why you do what you do, Laura. And right. And people, I think everyone can do it. <laughs> right. True. So, so let us get into your, like share what, how your brain would process the situation.
0: My brain is peeling away the layers of the onion and saying, so what happens if you have that? What's possible if you have that? What's possible if you have that? And I keep peeling the layers away and it gets down to when people say they want to have, you know, they want to be happier, right? And you'll be happier when you're doing more of the things that um, you enjoy, but it's, it's more than that. Where meaning comes in is when what you do impacts others in small or big ways. Cause none of us has a purpose alone in a vacuum. Like if you close the closet door and you hide in there, you have no purpose other than to keep the moths company. So, you know, your purpose is the ripple effect you have by the smile. You give it to the grocery clerk to the way you held the door for an older person on the way in. You don't know the ripple effect that those things have. So you only have a ripple effect in conjunction with other people. So when we're looking at, you know, these job descriptions or the things that we think um, would make us feel a certain way, it's going to be even more powerful if it impacts others. So I always ask people, okay, so if you're rich and famous, because that's your dream, then what's possible for somebody else? What do you cause? Well, then I can be generous and give money to a cause that I care about. Great. And then you giving money to that cause, what's possible because of that? I could affect a cure and what's possible because of that. I can actually help people. Ah, so helping people is what's important to you. So how do we bring that into today and not be, make it be contingent on you being rich and famous. And that's how I peel away the onion to bring it to something that we can activate today. It has no expiration date and it has nothing dependent upon it to have it happen. Okay. And when I, 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 came up with this or recognized this when way back many a moon ago, when I was on the Oprah show and Oprah came backstage afterwards with her two producers and they were like, we're having you on again. Do you know? And anybody who's anybody knows what that could mean to your career. Right. And for two years, they tortured me. Like for two years, they'd call and be like, <laughs> okay, we have a segment we think we want you to do. Oh, never mind. That's not going to work out. Oh, okay. Let's design something. And, and okay, it never worked out. Oh my gosh. And my life became about like, am I going to be on Oprah and be a millionaire already? Come on. And I totally lost sight of my purpose. And I started to suffer because everything was contingent on this goal. And I realized, wait a minute, you know, what is my purpose? And I identify my purpose as like, just because I am, I am energy that causes change. Like you will not get in a room with me and not change something in your life, even if it's just your haircut. And that's just an annoying trait about me, but it's always been there. (laughs) People change things when they're around me. And I recognized that I was off purpose, like th- just pursuing the goal made me lose so many days where I wasn't helping somebody change something. I wasn't energy that was causing change. So I had to get back to that and just say, forget the rest of it. And if it was meant to be, it would be. And it it wasn't meant to be, obviously. Um, but that's how we get back on track with our lives. Sometimes we not getting our goal takes you completely off track from living your purpose.
1: Wow. That's that's a great example. <laughs> that's a big example. Yeah, that's I had to learn that one. less than hard way. Oh, I can imagine you were waiting for that call or getting it and then being like, no, no, we can make this work. We can do this segment. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, to no. Them. We can yeah. do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's right. Um, okay. Well, let's give maybe an exercise. So like, let's just say, I'm just trying to think if I'll use, I don't know if I want to use myself or not. I'll have about this. I'm like- Hmm. But if somebody were going to sit down with a pen and paper and they're like going to peel back the layers like you talked about. So let's look, look at the example you use in what I read with the accountant who wants to be a writer and a florist. Right. So are they kind of putting down like a, a list of, okay, here are the, the bigger ideas, right? Or sort of the, the career paths and then going in and breaking down, well, what is it about uh, the writing? What is it about being the florist, I mean, again, the common right. So, what's creativity. possible? The,
0: the question that I always ask is, what's possible for others? Because you're a florist, or what's uh, possible for others? Because you're a CPA, or what's possible for others? Because you're a writer, right? So, I can trans help people transcend their reality, or I can help bring beauty to their life, and we we keep unpacking that until maybe we find a place where all three of these cross over, mm. or maybe we just realize they you know, we're going to have to make a choice at some point, or maybe they like, you know, like we said, we can have the writing CPA who sends flowers. You know? right. And not everything's meant to be your career folks. You know, I crochet, you know, how much I'd have to charge for a crocheted blanket in order to make it worth my time and the materials. And like, I'd have to charge $600. So it's not practical to make crochet my living. It's something I enjoy. Right. So also understanding the difference between what needs to be a hobby and what needs to be your work.
1: OK. And, you and figure I figure that out get, by. I, I mean,
0: when it comes to, you know, when if you ever go to a, an art fair, some of the better, the nicer ones that come through your park. And yeah. you're like, oh, my God, that painting is four hundred dollars. Well, yeah, it's four hundred dollars. Like there's, it, what's that song that was a trending song on? Um, anyway. It was. It has the F word in it, so I won't use it. But there's okay, a trending song on yeah. on Instagram that artists use, like, yeah, it costs this much because look at how much time it takes me to do it. But wait a minute, I got off point. So how do you decide if it's a hobby or not a hobby? First of all, can you afford to have your hobby be your work? Maybe you can. Maybe you, you're in a partnership where whatever you make is bonus money. So you and your partner are like, I'll have the job you do the art. That's cool. Wonderful. You've got an ideal scenario. Yes. Um. I know someone who does their art, doesn't quite make it monthly, but does their art and they're committed to that lifestyle. Right? So you have to really look at your hobbies as like, can I live the lifestyle of my hobby? Say that again. That's profound. That's important. Can I live the lifestyle of my, of my hobby. hobby or what my hobby allows as yeah. my life? Yeah. You know, I was an actor. I wanted that to be my career. 30 years old, after eight years professionally, I was like, I don't want this to be my lifestyle anymore. You know, I'm not willing to take the risk. Yeah. So it became a hobby.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I but I have no regrets. Right. Because I gave it, you know, I gave it my all.
1: Right. And I think that's an important piece too, is just don't have those regrets. If you can, at least try, if it, if it is something that's going to serve others. Right. Right. And And, and, or if it's
0: going to haunt you, like uh, my thing was when I was when I graduated college, I I didn't want to be thirty five stuck in a great job with a house and kids and not be able to try. So I thought, let me try. Go for the dream. And if at some point I don't want to do that anymore, I'll do something
1: else. And I did. Well, you're and it was it. So you have an interfaith minister. Where does your sort of spiritual belief system play into this? I'm just curious, and this is personal, so feel free to say I don't want to talk about this. Well, I
0: became an interfaith minister shortly, five years after 9-11, but mostly because I felt like people didn't understand each other. And a lot of it was, you know, we were afraid of Islam at the time. And I was like, you don't understand what Islam is. It's a peace-loving religion. There's extremists in every Religion. So that was my motivation for Uh, learning other things. Yes. Um, And also, that came out of my clients all wanting to do something more meaningful with their life. And I was like, what would be more meaningful than what I'm doing? Hmm. You know, religion and hitting people at an even deeper level of their spiritual understanding.
1: Yeah.
0: And in the end, I was like, not going to work in a church full time for $30,000 a year. So (laughs) that was the end of it being a career. (laughs) But I wrote a book based on the experience, which was, you know, brought me great, um, I won't say great fortune, but great pleasure and great opportunity. And it, you know, my spiritual beliefs were just, my, my main spiritual belief has nothing to do with God or, or any creator being, is that there's two thoughts in the world, fear or love. And every time I've had a career reiteration, it's because I chose love instead of fear. How many times are we afraid to try something or afraid to go for it or afraid to put that resume out or afraid to ask somebody for help? So I even got love tattooed on my wrist last month. Can you see it? I can see it to remind me to make that choice every day love
1: over fear. Wow. All right. Well, that's awesome. I love that you shared that. Um, Somebody had asked, you know, about this concept of like, Let's say they they're, they are successful. So we talked about re-entering. We talked about doing the pivot. You know, transitioning. What if you are in something that you love? This person's curious about you know a meaningful retirement with some aspect of work and then pursuing the new stuff too. And you know, it's sort of what a pseudo retirement I take that question as. Like, what would yeah. that look like?
0: I love that question because I really think that the way that we stay. I'm not even going to say young, but the way that we stay engaged with the world and don't have old age affect us is to stay active and to keep learning. So I I really would like to see retirement become a word of the past because who retires, you know, really, even if you're independently wealthy, you're, then you're traveling or you're doing something else. Let's, I I don't think we should call it retirement anymore. I I think we should just, you know, and plus I've never
1: aspired to that.
0: No, to sit in my sounds lunch sounds boring.
1: No, yeah, right, yeah. So
0: people, you know, we are we we live longer and longer and better and better, and so a meaningful retirement, if we have to call it that, means you worked in your field. Maybe you're financially you're really okay and don't have to make money, but you choose to, yes. and you choose something that really is going to be meaningful for you. And I explain what meaningful means. Meaningful means that you've affected others. It's never a, it's never an exercise of your own. Even if you paint alone in a room, you still want people to see your painting or you want people to try to sit there and figure out, like, what does that dot on that blank canvas mean? You know, you want to affect people and just, you want to impact them. So meaning comes from connection, connection to self, connection to source, connection to whatever your activity is, and then connection to how it impacts others, so as this person is thinking about what would be more meaningful, there's, it's twofold. Think of something from the past that you may have not gotten a chance to do. That may be, being the, be the meaningful next step. Or think of your skill set, like the thing from the past mixed with your skill set of today and all those resume uh, features and how might that really serve some higher purpose. Right? So maybe you, I don't know, we keep going to attorney, but let's say you were an attorney And you were a powerhouse attorney. Now you don't have to be a powerhouse attorney anymore, but you could lend your attorneyhood to a nonprofit that's trying to save the planet or a nonprofit that's trying to save the animals or whatever works for you, right? So it's you bringing everything you've done and bringing it to someplace that needs it that doesn't matter how much they can pay you. That's fun, I think. Yeah,
1: I absolutely agree. Um, someone also was asking, what if you need to make make money, need, so I'm mean, gonna highlight the word, make money to support the family, but you've invested time and energy into the what feels more purpose aligned or soul aligned. How do you reconcile those two things so that your soul doesn't get to <laughs> Like I wonder, I is there a way to take whatever this, the meaningful thing is and sort of make some money somehow align those. I don't know. i love just your thoughts on that.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I, they're not mutually exclusive. They're just harder to come by. Yeah. But I'm reminded of one client that I work with who'd always been very um, philanthropic even in her young age when she was young as a kid, like, you know, doing the McDonald's carnival in her backyard or, you know, creating greening cards to raise money for something and so here she was, a full-blown adult who could not afford to work for an, a nonprofit, and discovered that the bank that they worked for had a nonprofit division, mm. and she made bank salary to run a nonprofit. Yeah. So that that's an incredible thing, and I think there's got to be other solutions like that out there. So how do you take, you know, what you can contribute? Make money at it and have it affect something that matters to you. I'm working with a young woman right now in Dubai, who has a heavy-duty finance background and now wants to bring it to something that can save the planet,
1: hmm.
0: or environmental. And you know, it might mean a little less money, but there's there's other ways that. Um, you know, a, a, not every nonprofit is poor. Let me
1: just say that. too. <laughs> that's true. No, that's true. Yeah. Could be a well-funded nonprofit. depending. Right.
0: On and they have in their, in their budget executive director salary and this salary and that salary. So it's not mutually exclusive.
1: Yeah, no, I love that. And I guess I'm thinking though, do you, so I'm thinking of one person in mind who's a friend who was saying like, She feels like she's going backwards a bit, but she needs to. to, And so like, I can tell it's not aligned for her, but at the same time, it's necessary. So do you kind of take the detour or does that do more than good? You know what I mean? Like, it's hard to say without being more specific.
0: Well, no one likes to feel like they're going backwards, but at the same time, if you're going backwards to go forwards, then it's just a temporary hit to your ego that you have to take. Or if you, you know, you're going backwards, but you know why you have to go backwards and that's a worthy reason, then that's what you have to do.
1: Yeah. And that's how you frame it so that you can feel good about the choice and know that nothing is it's right permanent, right? Like right. the, ch- the know, point of change is in every moment. You could just be like, well, that was not the right choice. We'll find something else that's a little bit more soul infusing. And also sometimes you don't know how
0: something is a stepping stone to that thing you really do want. Do you know what I mean? Like you might get into this less than ideal scenario, as long as you're not, you know, causing yourself harm. And you, you're like, gosh, it's a good thing I was there because that's why I met this person that led to that thing. Or that's why I learned about this type of work that now led to the next thing. So you really
1: just don't know. It's true. Um, Or if they're single, you might meet the person that you're going to be with, but not the job you hate, right? Or your best, you meet your new best friend, right? Right. The relationships become the bonus and... The job, Right. So you go thing. into
0: it with that mentality of, you know, what's the wonder around the corner that I love can't that. see, it, you know? I love that.
1: Um, anything I didn't ask that you're like, I really want to leave everyone listening with today in terms of this whole idea of transitions, sense of you know, joy. Yeah.
0: I mean, I want people to remember it's not what you do for a living. It's who you get to be while you're doing it that will make the difference to you. Yeah. But also as we as adults look at this i my heart hurts for our 17 year olds who we are asking to figure out the rest of their life as they end high school and college and everything we said today think about that with your kids too you know it's not like oh what job can you make a living at that you know you can be whatever you want until they are going to go to college and you say well how are you going to make a living at that you know you've got to break it down right so it may not be that they're going to be an astronaut but what is it about being an astronaut the wonder the fascination the research the math equations you know what is it and that's what you want to help them pursue so again peeling back the onion peeling back the onion and um i don't know it just seems important to me to say that while we're thinking about it for our adult selves to not forget that our kids or our grandkids or whoever's around us is looking at us too and they need models Um, We still use the paper roadmap in high schools of like, what are you good at? And what are you getting good grades in? And what do you like to do? And no, we all operate with GPS. Now you don't have a paper map in your car. So why do we keep perpetuating the myth? It's not just what you're good at. Let's ask, who are you? What do you care about? What do you want to impact? And let's make the decisions from there. So there's my soapbox. I
1: love (laughs) that. I love those last three questions because we're going to think about that too. And I think you're right about the whole modeling and taking the pressure off and also approaching it with some curiosity, knowing just like we said, it's not, none of it's permanent. Just go along for the journey and you can figure out when it's time to detour. And, but you got to try, right? You got to, you got to get out there have the conversations, start peeling back the layers and uh, take some action, right? And watch out
0: for old, outdated vows. Like sometimes we have an old vow, we didn't get to this, but an old vow that we made, ooh, before we were 20 years old, where we're like, I'll never do this, or I'll never do that, or I won't be like this person, or that teacher who said I was stupid, I'll show them. Believe me, you have proved anybody else wrong a million times over, and that's not the place to make this adult, mature decision from if you're midlife or mid-career or thinking about retirement. It's gotta be from a new source of motivation. So we got to figure out what that is.
1: Love it. And I know you have a freebie, I believe, on your website that we're going to direct people to. It's a quick guide to clarity, which is really what we're talking about, getting clear. Where do people find you, Laura, and where can they access that? If you go to nowwhatcoaching.com,
0: you'll find right on the homepage, get our quick clarity guide. It'll it'll also be in the show notes here. And it's a five-step guide to help you get clear. And uh, it, it's not a total repeat of everything we've talked about today. Some new thoughts in there too.
1: Perfect. And you can picture Laura's grounding voice taking you through this journey. Um, it's or- funny. I only speak grounding
0: voice in NPR when I have headset on. <laughs>
1: oh, it's because you're wearing the headset today. It I is. Mean, you wear when a headset I,
0: today, Laura. I think when it, when I don't have the headset on, I'm much louder. and and But when
1: I have the headset on, I feel like, I'm it's very like funny. Movie. I saw that your energy because I the first time it was, yeah, it was uh, we had mic issues. So that's why Laura's wearing her headset today. Um, all of the show notes for today will be over at thegoodlifecoach.com. As Laura mentioned, the her resource guide will be there, a link to her website if you want to reach out and say hello, her social media handles, but If you know somebody who's in transition and you're thinking of that person while you're listening, take a second right now to share this. And also I think what is a nice, generous gesture too is leave a rating review if you get some value from Laura and I will pass that along. I'm thinking like, yeah, because it's nice. It's the only way I'd be able to say, hey... Laura I've done this with her guests I'm like oh Geraldine, look you got three reviews on your whatever this has been People liked so- it. <laughs> yeah so you don't even have to just rate the show rate the rate the guest and I'll share it with Laura um, thank you for being here today I always love connecting with you and next time we'll do it without the headset so you can be your wild, More and, wild
0: and crazy self but yeah, thank you exactly. so much it's thanks. good to
1: practice my NPR voice yes thank I you. do like it It is it grounded me today yes so thank you